is the Go Blue Crew. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Go Blue Crew. I am Tyler Fenwick with Derek Devine. Derek, how are things going over there? You know, things are going good, and I was just thinking about this today. I feel like this is a fall. One, it feels different because Michigan football is, like, actually normal. Um, you know, there's a full season, at least so far. Um, and I was just thinking about how much happier I seem to be during the week when Michigan's winning. And I know that's really sad to, you know, uncover that because uh, yeah. it implies that it's a major part of my happiness, which, you know, in a small, slim chunk of it, it is. <laughs> just be um, honest. So I, yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I don't mean to, you know, over, <laughs> oversell the, the love for, for Michigan football or the impact that it has. But no, I was just thinking, you know, I, I was thinking about my day, busy week, but I had this podcast plan. You know, we always historically have done this in the evening. So not only looking forward to that, but just looking forward to actually enjoying talking about Michigan football because we've had some sad podcasts my dude oh yeah when I was in high school um, my dad called me out on like just how um, how sad I would you know get after a Michigan loss how much my mood changed and I was like dad that's just the way it is man yeah, you know, it's. I'm glad you understand, cause, and I'm sure there's people listening that would understand. I think we could be considered crazy by some people, but oh yeah, you know, for me, I, I try not to like get the sad part to be too much of my life. But the happy man, I'm allowed to be happy and let that bring me joy. And and I just think what we've been seeing on the field, and, and you know, we went into the Wisconsin game predicting a loss, and we had both predicted that in our uh, you know preseason. Um, predictions as well and it just felt like a team that you know throw the record out throw the really bad quarter out that they had against um, Notre Dame and 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 you go in and win in Madison for the first time in 20 years I mean that's a that's a big win you know the the team's happy coaches are happy you know Jim Harbaugh is, is seemingly in a much better mood in his press conferences being a little bit more willing to ask or answer some of the you know the silly questions that can be asked um, so yeah, you know, just good vibes. I think anytime good vibes are around uh, your favorite team, you know, it just makes your week a little bit more enjoyable. Oh yeah, absolutely. And before we get on to Michigan's next opponent, Nebraska, uh, I got a question for you, Derek. Is Michigan for real? And I'm not going to attach a definition to for real. It's a, just a generic term, you know. But I think we're far enough into the season. We've seen enough of Michigan coming off of a really nice road win against Wisconsin either way we can't answer this question so I'm wondering which side you fall on is Michigan for real I like is Michigan for real instead of the classic is Texas back is Michigan back I like for real I think that's a good way to to put that I would say yes but also willing to say that you know for real for me isn't a college football playoff contender just yet uh and maybe more so looks like a team that could potentially head into Penn State undefeated um, a team that could still lose to Penn State and Ohio State um, and even other teams on the schedule technically but they feel like a legitimate uh, contender at least in terms of the Big Ten until they play the top talent in the Big Ten and they'll be tested eventually uh, but so far if they can take care of business uh, win the way they have even when it wasn't pretty um, in, in a game against Rutgers I, I think that this team seems legitimate so yeah I'd say they, they feel for real at this point at least 
I'll agree with you. I think Michigan is for real. And what I would measure it against is 2015 and 2016 Michigan. You think back to Jim Harbaugh's first year, that team played really hard. Uh, they were they were competent. It was such a stark uh, contrast from the last year under Brady Hoke. And then 2016 Michigan was just straight up really good. Um, a lot of people would argue, would argue uh, Jim Harbaugh's best team at Michigan. I see flashes of both of the both of those characteristics in this team. They they play hard. They're well organized. You don't see a lot of dumb mistakes or dumb penalties. And like dare I say, they're pretty good. Uh, not explosive on offense. Not a totally shut down defense. But they're pretty good and, and good enough, I think, to realistically win every game on the schedule and it's been a while since I truly felt that way yeah that's exactly where I'm at too is you know as much as I say that I'm not expecting them to make a college football playoff push it does seem like for the first time in a very long time really probably since 2016 or maybe a couple of you know weeks at least um, in 2018 it feels like this is a team that could realistically beat everybody and, and honestly what the weirdest part about it is I start to feel a little bit more confidence to see Michigan play Ohio State at home than I do with like a Penn State on the road. You know, that last game is the game that matters the most, um, the game that is, you know, going to be talked about the most. But when I look at what Penn State's been able to do, you know, obviously they've got a big weekend to prove themselves against a really good Iowa team, you know, another team that looks really legitimate. You know, there's some great talent, some great teams in the Big Ten. And just to have Michigan honestly a part of that conversation just feels so much different. And and I feel like, it. you know, the players have to feel it. You know, there's not, you know, I think a lot of credit does go to the coaching changes, some of the philosophy changes. Guys were having more fun in the offseason. But obviously it helps if you're winning games uh, and beating teams on the road for the first time in 20 years and beating a team that blew you out the two previous years like Wisconsin had. And, you know, guys are really loving it. Aiden Hutchinson's just a fireball, um, bringing a lot of energy, you know, uh, in the game, on the sideline, and then, and then obviously just on campus. And it, you can sense that things are different overall, and, you know, winning football is definitely a part of that. All right, Michigan at Nebraska, 7.30 p.m. Eastern on ABC is a primetime kickoff. First thing I got to say, Derek, I'm going to be at a wedding. I'm going to be at a wedding reception probably at this time. I And there's no way out of it. So I'm going to be on my phone. Hopefully I'm back at the in-laws house in time to like catch maybe the second half or at least the fourth quarter on TV. But I'm stressed. And also, this reception is apparently kind of out in the country. So who knows what cell service is going to be like? Am I going to be able to even pull the game up on my phone? Lots of question marks for me. As somebody who had to watch a couple games uh, at an airport and then overseas, what's your advice, man? Well, my advice is good luck because I've got a somewhat similar situation there. And you know, my wedding is a brunch wedding that I'm a part of. Uh, oh, wow. So the night before is, you know, afternoon before. So then a little bit of a rehearsal, a little bit of dinner vibes. But I can almost guarantee that the dinner vibes, you know, roll into the Michigan game as well. So 
I think I'll have a little bit more service. Um, if either of the you know bride or grooms are listening, sorry that we're going to be on our phones. Oh for yeah, a game I'm so anytime. sorry. I mean, obviously our our, condol- our condolences, <laughs> uh, but. No, my advice is, yeah, do whatever you can. If you need me to, you know, again, I'm going to be probably on the phone for at least the first while, but I can always swipe down, send a quick text if you need an update. You know, I got you. Okay, you know, the iPhone has that really neat feature where you can uh, minimize the video and kind of push it off to the side. Do you ever use that one? Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's a game changer. It Scroll is. Scroll social media and all that. It's mm-hmm. lovely. Michigan, a five and four all time in this series. Last time they met, 2018, Michigan won 56-10, to 10, uh, lopsided, obviously. The line here, 3.5 in favor of Michigan, and the over-under is 50.5. Scott Frost, I honestly thought after the way Nebraska looked in that Week 0 game against Illinois, I thought there was a decent chance he would not be coaching Nebraska for this game. But they have turned it around, to their credit, 3-3 three and three now. Uh, and that includes close losses on the road against Oklahoma and Michigan State. They just put up 56 points against Northwestern. So all that considered, because my instinct is like, what is three and a half points? That's that's hardly anything. And then I look at the, what Nebraska has been able to do more recently. And it's like, okay, maybe that makes a little more sense. How are you feeling about this Nebraska team? So this Nebraska team is going to put up points. Uh, and Michigan has the defense to slow them down, has the defense to stop them, and, you know, with that, the defense to win. But this team's averaging over 500 yards a game. Um, that's more than Michigan now. They aren't, you know, there's not as many points happening. Um, they're, they're leaving a lot of points off the scoreboard uh, by some mistakes. Uh, but, you know, one of the interesting things, and I knew it would be really lopsided, um, I didn't know it would be double, but, you know, Adrian Martinez has thrown for twice as many yards as Cade McNamara has, uh, but only one more touchdown uh, and two interceptions. So, you know, he, and he's also a little bit fumble prone at time. He likes to make the big plays on the ground as well as a leading rusher on the team with 412 yards, which isn't that far behind Blake Corum. So this dude's a playmaker. He's been a playmaker since his freshman year, uh, been someone who's, you know, gotten a lot of hype. Uh, and this Nebraska team is going to score. I don't think this Nebraska team can stop Michigan. Um, and, and I think that's when, you know, a well-balanced team wins out. But this environment's going to be a crazy environment because I think there's a sense of hope. Uh, like you said, it seemed like Scott Frost wouldn't even be around uh, by October. But, you know, here's Nebraska, 3-3, three and three, you know, 1-2 and two in the conference. But, you know, hung in some games, you know, could have beaten Michigan State, had a chance against Oklahoma. And then just anytime you can put up a lot of points at night at home, you know, creates a cool, wild environment. So I think they're going to be hype. I saw the light show that they did. I mean, that place could host a really good football team if that team ever decides to be 10-0 and 0, uh, and have and have something to play for. So I, I expect it to still be loud, uh, crazy environment. Hopefully Michigan will do enough to silence the crowd and, and uh, you know, leave Nebraska with a win. Yeah, I, I hope, like the football fan in me, just hopes this is like a great atmosphere. I think that'd be cool for Nebraska to – to be able to get that at, at night, prime time, ABC, whatever. Uh, the thing that makes Nebraska's offense scary good sometimes, Adrian Martinez, it's the it's the knock against them as well because I don't know if there's another team in the country, another team in the Big Ten, that rides its quarterback on the roller coaster as heavily as Nebraska does. As Adrian Martinez goes, so does this Nebraska offense. Uh, that's been a good thing lately. 
but it seems like uh, the knock against him for his career in Nebraska has just been the inconsistency. It's it's the turnovers. It's uh, the fact that there's so much riding on him. And I don't think there's a quarterback that is jealous of his situation. Everybody wants to have a good running back to hand the ball off to and things like that. Uh, the, the, the offense is Adrian Martinez. This is a great test for Mike McDonald. How are you going to scheme around this guy? Michigan, uh, you know, under Don Brown anyway, they, they got hurt pretty often, pretty consistently by these quarterbacks who are more mobile. And if you're Mike McDonald, I think you're looking at this as a great opportunity to prove your scheme to the rest of the college football world. You know your guys are bought in. Uh, we've seen that through the first part of this season. And I think Michigan is better equipped now to handle a guy like Adrian Martinez. But it's still just a really big test. And and if he if he passes for four quarters, I'll be surprised. If there's a, a quarter, a few drives, Nebraska strings something together, I think that's to be expected, especially with the way with uh, with the way Adrian Martinez has been playing. Yeah, this is a team again that's going to score a lot, and I think that if and on any given week, and and I think that Michigan's got to find a way to obviously slow him down. This is a team that's going to put up big plays against Michigan. I think this could be a game that feels as frustrating as Rutgers, if not more frustrating. You know, I think if you look at Nebraska and you look at Rutgers, you know, naturally. You would say every year the more winnable game is Rutgers, but you know Nebraska's played some laughable football at times in the last few years uh, under Scott Frost. That's why you know there's you know people out to get him within the fan base. That's why you know we had this we had this you know thought that he might not even be coaching by this time, especially after Week Zero. But this is a this is a team that you know has big play potential. Michigan is a defense still learning. You know what makes them potentially scary good as this defense is going to get better uh, especially as guys that we you know haven't heard a lot from previously are getting bigger and bigger roles you're starting to see some names pop up but you're going to give up some big plays in nebraska there's going to be some groans probably from the michigan fan base but ultimately michigan should win this game they are the better team uh, they're playing really good sound football right now they're also avoiding turnovers until they're putting in their fourth string quarterback so that's a plus um, if you can force turnovers like Michigan was able to do against Wisconsin, you know, something that we haven't seen often enough, but talked about before the season started, you know, you're going to get the version of Adrian Martinez that you'd prefer to face. And that's the version of Adrian Martinez that is prone to make mistakes. And I think Michigan's defense is good enough. The scheme is sound enough uh, and the players are athletic enough to force him into, into some trouble, some situations. I'm going to bring this up only because there's a piece of trivia attached to it at the end. Uh, Adrian Martinez definitely has a favorite target, a wide receiver. I'm going to I'm going to attempt to pronounce the name here, Samori Tori, and I just know that I got that wrong, but I looked in the media guide and I swear to you Derek there was no pronunciation listed. You know how a lot of teams do that with mm-hmm. with names that, you know, you're looking at it and you're like I don't really know how to say that. Nebraska doesn't seem to do you that favor. So I apologize. I just know I got that wrong. Transferred in from Montana. Second in the Big Ten with 483 yards, and he gets 21 yards per reception. I believe that is good for third in the Big Ten. Do you know who leads the conference in yards per reception? I don't. I Please surprise me. 
Cornelius Johnson leads if, the Big if, Ten. If in, I had to guess, I would have said that because I don't feel like it would have been a trivia question if it was, you know, right. Purdue. Um, <laughs> though I did think of that. What's his David name? David Bell. Bell. <laughs> yeah. uh, so I thought about him and Cornelius Johnson, but hey, I liked you revealing it better than me guessing. 24 and a half yards per reception for Cornelius Johnson. See, That's another nice thing to see. Back to what we started the show with, it's one of those things that you were just not used to seeing, and it kind of makes you feel like, hey, this team could be good. The The good news for Nebraska's defense is is that they are more vulnerable on the ground than they are through the air. Um, it's not a stellar defense. It's not a bad defense either. This maybe plays into Michigan's hands a little better. You think especially in a potentially hostile environment on the road at night. Michigan's going to want to be able to develop a steady ground game. That's kind of their identity anyway, as we know. But just super important, you know, when, when you're a road team like this, playing a team that's going to be fired up, that you know, should feel like they can compete with you based on the way they've sort of saved this season after a disastrous start. If Michigan can develop a ground game against this this uh, Nebraska defense, huge bonus points. This isn't a defense that gets after the quarterback a whole lot. Uh, they don't create a whole lot of turnovers. I believe they're even in the margin. Uh, they've given away seven and they've taken away seven. And keep in mind, Michigan has given up one sack. For the life of me, I can't figure out where this one sack came from. I just saw the stat. Do you happen to know? Can you recall? I'm wondering if last week when I think it was like on a first down play, maybe a second down play um, in fourth quarter, J.J. McCarthy kind of like rushed to the right. It could have Maybe that was considered a sack. He was brought down behind the line. Could have been a passing play where he was scrambling. I'm not sure. But, you know, like I you, know. I, I can't think of anything because, honestly, I, I feel like that would count as a rushing play. I, I can't remember if it was a designed run or if he scrambled, but he was brought down behind the line. He kind of landed awkwardly. He kind of limped back. And then, obviously, he throws a perfect dime that everybody saw. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, you know, the rest mm -hmm. is history. We'll, we'll talk about the quarterback situation more going forward. We talked about it last week, I know, and then J.J. McCarthy made it that much more interesting. What do you think Michigan's offense tries to do against Nebraska? What do you think ultimately works? This defense isn't as good as Wisconsin, especially against the run. You know, I like to – I'll pick on myself because usually I'm calling for the pass game. You know, I'm I'm calling for Blake Corum to show up. I'm calling for Hassan Haskins to have a big game, and you'd even like to see Donovan Edwards utilize. They almost hit him on a big wheel route, and and I think, you know, this is a, a game where Michigan's got to reestablish the run. Uh, I think that they can do that on the road. I think that will make the passing game even better. And and Cade McNamara said this week, you know, really no more holding back. Um, so whatever that implies, whether they have been holding back, whether they've been playing easy. You know, read into that however you want, but I think we'll see a more balanced offense uh, because I think both things are going to work at times. I think they're going to have success in the run game. I think they're going to have success in the pass game, and a well-balanced Michigan team obviously is is uh, well-suited for some big things, and I think that they find that this weekend, and ultimately they're going to need to play well in both aspects of the game to win this game on the road. A game within a game here, I I want a little competition between Blake Corum and Adrian Martinez, both big-time playmakers. I want Blake Corum getting the ball early and often. 
I want him in the slot. I want him getting out on the edge. I want him rumbling and tumbling between the tackles. Michigan's offense to me, especially in the run game, uh, especially against Rutgers. And then, you know, it's hard to blame them for not being prolific against Wisconsin. Although I think we would both agree that they were good enough to at least keep the Badgers defense honest. It just looked a little too vanilla, a little too by the books. Uh, we know this team has speed. It doesn't stop with Blake Corum, obviously. I want to see Michigan test the edges. And, and I just say Blake Corum because uh, obviously I've taken over. I'm the conductor of the Blake Corum Heisman hype train. So I'd love to see him you know, bust for, for a big game and prime time. And, and I think uh, you know, even if it's something like 35-10 in the third quarter or whatever like I I think Adrian Martinez is is good for uh, a big play uh you know here and there obviously and and and, and Blake Corum uh you know he seems like the type of guy who's gonna go out on the field and, and be like okay I see what he did but watch this I'm paying attention to that I want Blake Corum to win that obviously and and so we can come back here and keep talking about his Heisman chances yeah, I think Blake Corum is, you know, he's he's almost due for a big game. You know, he's he's had plays even against a tough Wisconsin defense where he was really close to to breaking a big one. I saw Haskins got tripped up and almost busted for a big one too. Um, I just think this running game is is too good. You've got two, you know, really stable running backs back there. You just can't keep them quiet three weeks in a row. And I think that that's going to obviously be a big key to win this game and and kind of you know thinking of the the defense again you know i just think as, as the as much as aiden hutchinson can do to just you know he doesn't need to solidify a first round pick you know he doesn't even need to solidify um his you know his ability with with anybody um uh, but if he can continue to you know kind of bring havoc to the backfield uh, especially to a quarterback like adrian martinez you know they got to the quarterback well you know so well that you know daxon hill injured the starting quarterback for wisconsin and and i think if you can you know get him um you know on the ground in the backfield a couple of times whether it's on one of his rushing plays or you know uh, hurrying up um you know kind of some of the passing plays you know i felt like there was a stat during the broadcast that like all but one of the passes or maybe all of the passes were either ended up in sacks or like knockdowns or QBs were rushed. Um, obviously this defensive line, this defense in general is getting really good. And I think Aiden Hutchinson can provide, you know, once again, the element on defense that just makes them stand out uh, beyond a lot of the other teams in the nation. All right, let's get on to predictions here. I've got Michigan 30, Nebraska 21. Uh, I'm going to trust the Michigan defense here. As I've been saying, and and I, it'd be naive to not think this, but like Adrian Martinez is gonna get you for something. You just kind of you have to account for that. That he's gonna find a crease. He's gonna make a big play that that makes you think, oh wow, he can really play. Um, but probably not enough of them. I trust this Michigan defense. I trust a new scheme under Mike McDonald to keep him uh, in check at least enough to not let this turn into a track meet. And, you know, at that same rate, I, I trust Michigan's offense to, to be steady on the ground, to continue to, to protect the football, not make dumb mistakes and things like that. And uh, <laughs> a little foreshadowing, I guess, for maybe a different conversation that I'm sure we'll have again. But, but I trust Cade McNamara to just keep doing what he's been doing, which is to put Michigan in a good position to win. So I got 31-21, or excuse me, 30-21. 
I'll go uh, 34 to 20. I think that they'll have Nebraska will have a couple of the drives that look like they could be dangerous and have to settle for a field goal. Uh, again, a team that, you know, the yards uh, stack up to, to any team in the nation, but the points don't really follow, um, implying that they make mistakes and, and haven't been able to finish drives at times. And I think Adrian Martinez is enough, again, to get points up on the board, to be dangerous, to, to pose a little bit of a threat to Michigan. But I think Michigan pulls away by a couple of touchdowns in this one uh, and hoping that it's one of those games that outside of early uh, when the crowd is super hyped and the environment's crazy, uh, hopefully one that Michigan handles uh, anywhere from about the second quarter on. Derek, I know how we feel about fall weddings, but you go enjoy yours. I'll enjoy mine. And hopefully at the end of the night, we're watching a Michigan victory. Sound good? Hey, I am all the way down for that. Enjoy yourself. Yeah, absolutely. You too. Uh, everyone else, take care out there. We'll see you next week. Go Blue. Go Blue.